Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. Thank you. 
right there some classic Iron Maiden to tame a land I once had a conversation about that song with uh, Mike Portnoy when I've, I jammed with Mike Portnoy we jammed uh, a Motorhead song you can take a look online maybe I'll post it in today's show notes the band was called Turtlehead and it lasted a number of hours one afternoon it was me on guitar my friend John Ostrowski aka Astronomy, the guy I founded this podcast with. He was on the other guitar. Frankie Bello on bass, Mike Portnoy on drums, and Bobby Blitz on vocals. And we performed a Motorhead song called Overkill. We did the song three times. Fuse TV aired one of those times. And it's it's up online. Anyways, Bumblefoot recorded and engineered that song. And I was wondering if that is where Mike Portnoy met Bumblefoot or if he knew Bumblefoot before then. That would have been back in, I want to say, it was either very late 2007 or 2008. I feel like it was actually 2008 that we recorded that that song. Um, Yeah, so I wonder if that's where they met or if they knew each other before then. And uh, anyways, Bumblefoot... And Mike Portnoy have a great new record out called Sons of Apollo. It also features today's guest, Derek Sherinian. It's rare that we have a keyboardist on Talking Metal, and it was a pleasure talking with him, so stay tuned for that interview shortly. The album by Sons of Apollo is something I'm really enjoying. It's called Psychotic Symphony. And, uh, yeah, there you go. So... Let's do this. Let's hit a song, and then we'll come back, and we will get into my interview with Derek Sherinian. This song right here is Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. Thank you. 
Bill Ward, Tony Iommi, Geezer Butler, and Ronnie James Dio on that one. Some classic Black Sabbath here on Talking Metal. Without further ado, let's get into some great, great music. We're gonna let's hit a song going into the the interview here, and then we will play some of another song com- coming out. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I want you to go buy the whole tracks for these on iTunes or Amazon or wherever you buy your your music. This song is called Coming Home by Sons of Apollo, followed by my interview with Derek Sherinian. Striegel of Talking Metal and calling in on the line we have Derek Sherinian of Sons of Apollo. Derek, so great to talk to you. Hi Mark, how you doing man? Great to talk to you as well. I'm doing I'm doing wonderful and I gotta tell you the new record Psychotic Symphony, the debut record from Sons of Apollo it sounds just great the, the songs are amazing and I want to talk to you about the songs, I want to talk to you about who's in this band but just right off the top I always get nervous about bands like this because there's been so many great supergroups like KXM, for example. And what happens with these bands a lot of times, I feel like they put out a good record, but then they don't 
really get behind it because there's so many great musicians in the band that they need to go off and make money elsewhere. And so just right off, right out of the gate here, I wanted to ask you, is there a commitment from all you great players who've put out this great record to get out there and really stand behind the record and tour the, the album? This is absolutely a band and not a project. Everyone in Sons of Apollo has cleared their calendars for 2018. And we all believe that this record is great. And we were feeling that how it's resonating across the world. And a lot of promoters are clamoring to have Sons of Apollo play. Cool. And so that means that there's demand. So we're going to go out and play. And the bottom line is that if the people want it, we're going to do it. We all also believe that Sons of Apollo has the biggest chance of generating the most heat out of any of the other things that we're involved with. This is something we're building from the ground floor. We have an awesome, unique sound. There's a huge uh, void in rock music today. And I think with Sons of Apollo, the way that we fuse classic rock, hard rock, and progressive rock, and our mixture of it, it's the perfect blend where we're going to access a lot of different genres. So we're very excited that this band is going to, uh, we're very excited about our future. Cool. Well, that's great to hear. And I cannot wait to see you guys live because, again, the, the record sounds just fantastic. And we're going to get into that. But let's talk about who's in this band, not a project, band, as you said. Um, it, it started, mm-hmm. it seems like from what I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was this kind of something that started with you and, and Mike Portnoy, an idea you guys started talking, and then the other members kind of fell into place after that? Well, Mike and I, reunited in 2012 for the PSMS tour with Tony McAlpine and Billy Sheehan. And it was just obvious uh, playing with Mike again. We've always had a chemistry and we just had a lot of fun playing those dates. And it was just to me, the obvious move was to, Hey, let's do this for real, man. Let's get a singer. Let's write some killer tunes and let's fucking take over the world. And so, uh, you know, sometimes timing doesn't work out. He was involved in other things. I was still working with uh, black country communion and so here we are in 2017, the planets were aligned and we already have our record out and it's, it's happening, man. And I think that the fans of Mike and myself, they want to hear us play this kind of shit. They don't want to hear us play classic, just straight, you know, hippie rock or, right. or, uh, whatever. They want to hear us play this progressive metal or, or fusion of it, whatever you want to label it. Absolutely. And so we're all in, man. We're all in to win. Cool. Yeah, That's awesome to hear. Yeah. So let's talk about the different members. Now, Jeff Scott Soto on on vocals, who for this style of music for, like you said, it's a mix. There's There's prog rock elements. There's, you know, classic rock elements. There's heavy metal elements. But... For, I guess, a progressive metal band, Jeff's voice, to me, is very unique and brings something refreshing and and different to the table. Was there... Did you target him because of his of, of the way he sings, and, and was there a conscious effort to maybe avoid some of the, the stereotypical sounds you get out of vocalists in progressive metal? Like, what would be the stereotypes that you're referring to? Well, I guess I was thinking of, like, James from Dream Theater or Jeff Tate from Queensryche, you know, that type of style. Absolutely. we That was exactly the singer we did not want. Right. We wanted more of a rock and roll bass, a, a listenable voice that will reach a lot of people, not just a certain group. And the bands that I loved growing up were, you know, all had singers like Steven Tyler, Robert Plant, Freddie Mercury, David Lee Roth, and it's all just very rock and, and blues based. So we definitely wanted to keep that as the anchor, uh, juxtaposized over, is that the right word? Juxtaposized? <laughs> yeah. Juxtaposition, uh, juxtaposized, Ju- is that correct? I don't know, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, but the way and all that's what it all is. Fusion is is juxtaposing uh, different flavors on top of flavors, layers, and 
choice of sounds and choice of genres mixed in the stew. And as producers, that was my uh, Mike's and my role to to mix that stew up. And I think that you know we did an amazing job. It's a perfect blend. People from both sides of the fence are are loving this thing. There's a classic rock, hard rock soul to our sound, which which really differentiates us from all the other bands in just the straight frog rock genre, and also from the other bands in the straight rock genre, because frankly, most bands that play the straight rock, they all have swagger, and it's great and fun and everything, but they lack chops, and on the other side, the prog musicians lack swagger, but they have all the technical virtuosity. So I think that Sons of Apollo were the perfect hybrid, the perfect mix of the two. Right on. Now, Billy Sheehan on bass, just some amazing play, playing from Billy on this record, Psychotic Symphony by Sons of Apollo. You mentioned this this tour with Tony McAlpine that, that you and, and Mike did, and Billy was involved in that too. Were you talking with him at that point about about doing this, or was did it conversations with not him. yet no. but okay. we we didn't talk to him about it yet but we knew that if we were going to pull the trigger on it that that billy would be our first and only choice because he just is he's great his sound he's you know he is who he is for a reason and he just sounds amazing with us and i love the way his bass records and live it's just fierce absolutely and of course ron thal bumblefoot who we know from Guns N' Roses, and I know from being a guy in New Jersey, from going way, way back to him playing the clubs and his many, many CDs that he and albums that he's put out through the years. This is definitely something very different for for Ron musically. Um, how how did he fall into the fold, and was there any question about where he's coming from musically? Because again, I've never heard him do music like this before. Well, I mean, I've known of Ron through, you know, obviously, playing with Guns N' Roses. It's a very high-profile gig. I had never played with him. Mike had played with him in the past, and Mike was the one who suggested Ron for Sons of Apollo. And so my first reaction was, oh, can, is he going to be able to keep up with this stuff? And Mike goes, don't you worry. He's going to be just fine. And... uh the first day I met Ron was in the studio, the first day of recording and writing. And I just, I felt like as soon as he started playing, I felt like I, I met a long lost brother that I hadn't seen in, in 50 years. And we just started writing and recording and bonding right there. And it was just, it was an awesome experience. And the first four or five days was Ron, Mike Fortnite and myself, and then Billy joined us a couple days later. Wow. But we really, we wrote and the whole structure of Psychotic Symphony pretty much in 10 days. I mean, we had some starting points, some ideas. I had written the song God of the Sun. That's my one sole composition. And Fever's Horror, if you really want to call that a composition, that's more of a, an interlude to Divine Addiction. But yeah, the rest of it, we really just took care of business and and it was a great great experience awesome cool and you mentioned gods gods of the sun which is just this amazing like 11 minute spiritual journey (laughs) that opens up the record such such good stuff there um the at the very top of that it sounds like almost like sitar um is that is that what that instrument is and and who's playing that that is a sitar, and it's played by a gentleman named Ashwin Batish, A-S-H-W-I-N, and then last name B-A-T-I-S-H. And he is from my hometown of Santa Cruz, California. Wow. And I remember as a kid reading about him uh, with his sitar, and I think his family has an Indian restaurant up there as well. And so I've always been aware of him. And a couple of years ago, he asked me to play on a recording of his, which I did. And so uh, on this record, I really wanted to have a sitar on the front. And he was obviously he's the only sitar player I know. Right. And uh, 
and he owed me a favor. So he called him up, and man, he sure sounds great. It opens up the whole record, and uh, I really love it. You can't you can't sample something like that or, or uh, get that on a synth. That's the real dealio. Yeah, I love in that song, by the way, when you get to like around the seven minute mark and that like heavy riff comes in and then it kind of leads into Bumblefoot solo. So, so good. And such oh, like a kind of oh, departure. Thank you. Yeah. So so, so you wrote well, you that know, all on your own? That's all. Yeah, it's 100%. Yes. Wow. Um, the, I, I love it. And I just started working on it like piece by piece. I have like all the demo tapes in, and I just started building it. And it ended up a, a trilogy. And what's interesting is, like, some people, like, I've heard some people go, oh, it sounds like uh, someone called it goulashy, meaning that the three parts of the transition, they sound like three different songs. Well, no shit. It's a fucking trilogy. Right. They, they, it's a departure, and they all connect, but then it comes back home to the, the reprise. And uh, I really, I mean, I've been, I think God of the Sun is just a masterpiece. No, it's, it is. It's my best work to date and I'm, I'm very proud of it and I think Jeff Scott Soto sings great on it and he was very helpful with the lyrics and and uh, I just I can't say enough about that song and the whole record I love but God of the Sun is a little special with it Wow, yeah, it's a great, great tune. Um, obviously you and Mike have a, a history with, with Dream Theater would you guys consider playing Dream Theater songs in the set when you go out and tour in 2018? Well, we haven't decided on what we're doing yet as far as extra songs, but I'm sure that Mike and I would definitely consider playing stuff that we co-wrote. You know, back then we have every right to play those songs as well. So I could see that. Right. And when you guys did the, uh, I think it was the David Z Benefit you, you really did some great versions of uh, some classic rock and hard rock and heavy metal songs at that benefit. It would be great to hear some of those in the set list, too, because I, I watched the YouTube videos for those, and they're awesome. Yeah, you know, you never know. Pike's in charge of the set list, and so when it comes time to uh, put it all together, we'll see, we'll see uh, what he comes up with. But I'm sure it's going to be great. Cool. And again, we are talking with Derek from Sons of Apollo. The album is Psychotic Symphony. It's out now, guys. We'll have links for it up in today's show notes. And Derek, before I let you go, I do, of course, have to ask you about Black Country Communion, a new record by you guys, the fourth record, just another one that's just a great, great sounding record. I'm really loving it. Um, oh, thank you. Can you believe that there's a fourth record from Black Country Communion? I mean, there was a time where it seemed like it was basically done. Uh, were you surprised to hear that you guys were getting back together? I've been doing this almost 30 years and nothing surprises me, but I was very pleased uh, when the email started circulating that this was going to happen and that we're even going to be doing a couple shows in uh, January, only two. But still, I love all those guys. I love Kevin Shirley. And even though it can be kind of uh, chaotic, we fight like brothers, but we always will come back. And there's a bond between all of the people involved in, in BCC. So I'm glad that everyone is playing nice. And I think that the record sounds great. Absolutely. I'm glad you can finally hear me for once. Yeah, yeah, you sound great on it. It's some really, really solid stuff, great hard rock. And Glenn uses voice, it just blows me away that that guy's in his 60s and he just he sounds, even in concert, I saw him last year at B.B. King's Blues Club in New York. Awesome pipes on that guy. Oh, yeah, he's, a, he's amazing. Well, Derek, it's been great talking really with you. Did. It's been great, great ta talking with you, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate your time. Sonsofapollo.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Tour updates. And we'll be announcing tour dates very soon. Will this be a package tour, you think? Or can't you really say yet? There's stuff in the works, but I think the first time in the U.S. will not be a package tour. We'll be on our own. Oh, great. Cool. Looking forward to it. Best of luck to you, and please right. keep in touch. Take care, buddy. Okay. Bye-bye.
right there some, not all, of the song Gods of the Sun. The whole thing is 11 minutes, 12 seconds. Go go buy the full version of that song on, on iTunes. So good. Buy the whole CD. I bought the CD. It's great. It sounds so good. I always think stuff sounds a little better on CD than it does on Spotify or iTunes. The sound is a little bit fuller if you have a car and you still have a CD player in it. I suggest you, you go back and pull out all your old CDs, buy new CDs. Uh, let's not let this format die because it, it is a good format and it sounds better than, than what we're used to listening to uh, with the streaming shit. And I can't believe, I mean, my nephew listens to stuff on YouTube and I, half the time I go on there, it sounds like such crap. Um, I don't know, but that's just me. I'm an old man, so what do you expect? But anyways, the Psychotic Symphony album by Sons of Apollo is great stuff. Billy Sheehan, another guy who I've had some history with, is in that band. Uh, if you haven't seen me, I did a... Me and Billy, Billy and I, I guess I should say, did a That Metal Gear for VH1.com. Uh, it's great. It's on YouTube. Go search That Metal Gear, Billy Sheehan, Mark Striegel. It'll probably come up and we do a, a rig rundown. And he's from the Buffalo suburbs, I believe, just like my family is. That's where we originated. I moved from there when I was like five years old. But um, yeah, I used to go back there every summer to visit my grandparents who are no longer with us. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of, of the Buffalo area. It's where I started school, went to kindergarten up until like halfway through kindergarten. I moved to Jersey. From there, I moved to Wisconsin. From there, I moved to Illinois. Moved a couple times within the state of Illinois. Then I went to moved to New Jersey. Then I moved to Massachusetts. Then I moved back. I've lived all over the state of New Jersey. Spent uh, what? One spent in Manhattan. At least, uh, wow, like 12 years living in New York City. Yeah, I've gotten around, guys. But anyways, Buffalo, the place where Billy Sheehan is from, is, always has a, uh, a soft spot in my heart. That band is incredible, man. Sons of Apollo. I'm so glad they're going to make a go of this. It's so disappointing when these super groups get together and then just kind of fade after they a week later after their album has been released. You know, So cannot wait to see these guys in concert. I hope they stick with it. Um, cool, cool, cool. I think that'll do it. Big thanks to Derek Sherinian for joining us on the podcast. We will now close with some classic dream theater. Lyrics by Mike Portnoy on this. This would be, I think, a real good option for these guys to play in concert. When I say these guys, I mean Sons of Apollo, obviously. Uh, I'd love to hear Derek and Mike and Bumblefoot and Billy Sheehan bust this one out with, with Jeff singing, Jeff Scott Soto. This would be fun. Anyways, this is one that I know Jerry from Long Island loves. It's called The Mirror by Dream Theater. We'll talk to you next time, guys. 